How? How is that even possible? What are you doing? It is not about the money. It's about the blessing. He's just grinding. And he's 50 years old. He's just grinding. And he's going nowhere, not fulfilling his assignment, not glorifying God. He's just grinding. The problem is we've never been taught any different. We've been taught since we were young boys. We got to hustle. We got to hustle. We got to hustle. Since we were youngsters. Man, we go out here and cut this grass. And we go out here and shovel the snow. And we go out here and rake these leaves. And we go out here and do this thing. And we go out and we sell this rock. And we sell this. And we do that. And we, do, we hustle. I'm going to hustle it up. Somebody say, I need $50. I hustle it up. And you hustle it up. That's how we were taught. That's what we did. That's what I did. We hustled it up. We just always did that. And that was our mode. And that's not, that's not godly. It doesn't mean that you don't work. God's not saying don't work. No, the Bible says man don't work, he don't eat. But, but work, work is for sustenance. That's all it is. That's, that's so you can eat. When we're in our assignment, that's where you get your blessing. There's a difference. Work, work is so you can get some food. Your assignment is where you get blessed. That's where you get the blessing. That's where you walk in the glory of God. That's where your life significantly changes is when you walk in your assignment. So that's what the whole man is about. The word whole is, is an acronym for, for wisdom, humility, obedience, love, and endurance. And so um, the next book, the sequel to them, to this, is going to go through all of those and show how all of those attributes make us whole men. And and I'm working on that feverishly to try to get that done because that, to me, you have to complete the picture. So that's why I revised this one because I put some additional things in it so that we can take that next step, like bridge it, you know what I'm saying? We just bridged it from from the, 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 the whole man, the original version came out, and and at the end, I, you know, I've had people, you know, I've wanted people to talk about the book. And I had one person I really respect, and he, he said, there's no bridge. You need to revise it a little bit. There's no bridge to go to the next step. And that's what I did. I put the bridges in this revised edition. So when the whole man completed comes out, when the next book comes out about being the whole man, then it's, you're already expecting it. And you're expecting the bridge of wisdom, of humility, obedience, love, and endurance. What does that mean? What does that mean? What, why does wisdom make us whole? How does humility make us whole? You know, and it's just, it's just these are the things that we need to look at as men in our society. Because look at it. We're living in a violent, uh, narcissistic, selfish society. People only, look, you talk to the average person, especially a man, and they're like, man, I'm just trying to get what's mine. You know, I'm just trying to get what's mine. I'm just trying to do what I do. I'm just trying to stay on top of mine, just doing my grind. I mean, I grew up with that, all of that stuff, and I hear that stuff still. And, and I'm 54, and I hear guys my age still saying the same thing that they said when we were 19. You know, just grinding it out. You've been grinding for 40 years, bro. When are you going to stop grinding? Is that what our, our life isn't like that? God said in, in Joshua 1 and 8, he said if we meditate on the word of God, if we, if we fill our minds and hearts with the word of God, 
He said, that is what will make our way successful. He says, then you should be successful. Then you should be prosperous. Then he didn't say anything about a job making us successful. He said, our success lies in the word of God. Think about that. God told you that your success lies in the word. Your success, your prosperity lies in the word. So that's what I, I come to men and I ask them first. My pastor did, has, when he said this, it just changed the way I thought. He said, what's your definition of a man? Like, you ask any man that, and, and I guarantee you, you ask 10, nine of them ain't going to be able to tell you. And that one going to have some kind of crazy view. Most men can't tell you what, what the definition of a man is. So you can't be what you can't define. You can't be a man if you can't define a man because you don't even know what you're supposed to be. But the definitions that we're given from the time we're kids as, to, as men are, are so skewed and horrible. They come from our uncles or maybe our daddy or maybe our, our friend's daddies or, or maybe older people that we know. You know, man, you got to go out and get this girl. Or, man, you got to go out and get this job. Or man, you got to go out and you know, smoke this or do that. That's the definition of a man. And those aren't the definitions that, that God has in his word. Those aren't the definitions that Joshua 1.8 says will make your way prosperous, will make your way successful. Those, those definitions don't do that. They don't at all. Those definitions bring you heartache. The book, of, the book of Proverbs says if you walk with wise ones, you'll become wise. But if you walk with foolish ones, it says you'll be stupid. You'd be foolish. You'd be stupid. So what happens is, is we grow up as men. We walk with people who think like us. And so we stay in that mode of selfishness, of foolishness, of stupidity. And so that's where I came from. That same mode. I grew up in, in the hood. And so I know, I know what it's like. All the things that I hear about these youngsters and lack of opportunity and 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 low self-esteem and the violence around you and that I, I'm very familiar with that. I understand that. I I went from the hood. I've been in the countries. I've been in in, in rural areas and I've and, and been in the suburbs. Live in the suburbs now. But I'm telling you that there is no happiness, no greater joy, no greater happiness than in finding your peace with God. The Bible book, the Bible book of Isaiah, chapter twenty-six, verse three, says that those who keep their minds on you stay in perfect peace. So, what I talk to men about when I go to talk to men, and when I try to to help them to understand where they are, I find out where they are first, what they're thinking, and and I let them know that I, I'm not I'm not here to hear what you want me to tell me. You know, you think don't say what you think I want to hear. What's your thinking? Man, I'm just, you know, I'm just out here. I've been smoking this, and I'm with this girl and that girl. I want to hear what you're thinking is, because then I want you to challenge yourself as to why you're thinking that way. What part of, what part of this is good for your life? What part of this is good for your life? What part of this is good for your life? There's none of that that's good for your life. And so when they, when they start looking at it, and they really sit down and analyze and go, man, you know, you're right. There's nothing here that's good. There's, I'm just wondering, you know, why are you being unfaithful to your wife? Why are you not taking care of your children? Why? What part of that is good for you? 
What part? And then, then the other thing I ask men is, what do you want as your legacy? Like, what do you want people to remember you for when you're no longer breathing? How do you want people to remember you? When they say your name, what do you want people to think about? Do you want them to see it? Hear, yeah, he, you know, he was out here doing this and doing that. And he went, yeah, yeah. Or do you want them to talk about the goodness of God when they talk about you? When they think about you, when you're no longer in this earth, do you want people to think about and, and feel the goodness that comes with God, from God, when they think about you? That their thoughts are pleasant and pleasurable, that your children can say, a father had some, had some, uh, he made some mistakes, but when he realized that he needed to be more in God, he changed and he became the man God wanted him to be. And I'm proud of that. See, that's what changed me. Once I be, once I looked in that mirror, once I looked in that mirror, you know, I looked in that godly mirror, that mirror, and the mirror ain't my mirror. This God's mirror. There's a whole different thing when you're looking at somebody else's mirror and you really have to look and see what you look like. Like, you know, little thing about this. You ever think that you look really a certain way and then somebody take a picture of you and show you the picture and you go, oh, what the, huh? Man, I want to pick up some weight. Man, I, you know what I'm saying? You thinking I'm looking and I've been looking good. I've been looking fly because you've been looking in your mirror. And you like, I'm looking fly. I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I, man, I'm, yeah, you know, man, I'm doing this. I'm doing what I do. I'm looking good. And then somebody take a picture of you that you didn't even know they were taking the picture. And they took it and said, and they wanted to just send it to you. Say, hey, man, I took a picture of you. You were doing things, or you and the guys. And here's the picture from when we and the guys hung out. And you look at that picture and you go, man, man, I got some problems. I'm heavy, man. My face looking all funky. What in the world? Because now you're not looking through your own mirror. You're looking through somebody else's mirror, somebody else's lens, and, you, and then you have to be honest with yourself and make the adjustments. Well, if we're going to do that in the flesh, if we're going to see ourselves and say, hey, I need to lose some weight, or hey, I need to you know, get a haircut, or hey, I need to shave, or whatever I need to do. If we're going to do that in the flesh, how much more important do you think it is that we do that in the spirit? That we look at ourselves through the lens of, that God sees us. Now, God loves us. He loves us. He holds us in high esteem. And we, we know he loves us just for this very reason. In the book of John, where it says that God so loved the world that he sent his son as a sacrifice. 